Hello everyone! Welcome to episode number 127 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is May 2nd, 2019. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is Jesus Tataru. Jesus, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like every time you do that intro, you yell just a little bit louder. Like really? the volume one. Yeah, it's like every time it just gets slightly louder. I used to a long time ago, well maybe not even that long ago, I used to kind of like try to keep it a little bit subdued so I didn't wake up everybody in my house, but, but then I just started being like, fuck it, let's make it good. You gotta have priorities, right? Mm-hmm. Their sleep is not as important as our podcast volume. Yeah, think of all the joy that I'm creating for everyone who's listening around to the this. world, around, around the, the world, world too. Yeah. I mean, globally impacting. I like it. Do you hear about Peter Mayhew? Yeah, I just heard. I just saw that this afternoon. Yeah, I saw it like an hour ago. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't know who he was until I read about it. But oh, uh, really? So Peter I knew the May- name. Yeah. Peter Mayhew died today. He was the, uh, as a lot of you probably know, he's the actor who played uh, Chewbacca inside the costume and uh was he the one that made the noise or is that something something else uh i don't believe else. he actually made the noises gotcha but yeah that sucks that does um apparently he was just it was just kind of like a natural causes type situation he wasn't super old but he was uh he was kind of old i think he was let's see he was born in 1944 so what would that do the math jay 70 something Something? I don't, 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 don't ask me math right now. It's the end of the day, my friend. I do all my math at work. Uh, so like 75. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm going to check. I'm going to check. You said 1944. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's 56 plus 19. So 75. Yeah. He, uh, th- so he did have a, uh, like a charity foundation that he started. The Peter Mayhew foundation. His family was asking, you know, if you if you if you feel like it, then you know maybe in honor of him, uh, donate some money to the Peter Mayhew Foundation. It goes to various types of charities. Um, I'm not sure what exactly, but might be a way to uh, might be something that you want to consider doing. Yeah, I'm sure you could find which which um, charities it goes to by doing a little bit of research. I always love stuff like that when people have charities in their name, especially after passing away. It says, okay, here we go. The Peter Peter Mayhew Foundation has worked with. It doesn't say specifically which of these it still works with, but it says has worked with many charitable organizations like the college student ambassador programs, make a wish salvation army, angel tree uh-huh. toys for tots, USO wow. wounded warrior. That's quite a spread. Yeah. So anyway, that sucks. It does. Uh, it's almost May 4th too. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh man. Okay. Well, that sucks even worse now. But anyway, let's move on into into possibly more entertaining things I'm about to find out because... Positive gaming podcast. Uh, well, not yet. We're getting there. But oh, first, we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> the oh, movie. yeah. I have not... You are a uh, loser. And well, I ahead. thought you watched it. I, I, I thought you watched it and you just went... Hold on. I'm trying to kill this moth. Got it. Oh, I thought you were like slapping your arm, like I specific, like a parent, like I specifically told you not to watch the video. <laughs> Why did you think I watched it when I was like, let's not watch it until we're doing the podcast? That I read it think. as something along the lines of, don't watch it. You like, thought I, I was thought like, oh, watched I watched it. it, but you're not allowed to. Yeah, like well, I mean, because I thought you had known how bad it was by watching it. That was my my thought with it. I know how bad it is just from the screenshots that I've seen. Um, I thought it would be awesome to get our live reactions, but so, sorry, listeners, you don't get to get Jay's live reaction. Stolen I- away once again. 
Let's um, let's watch it anyways. Let's let's still like. Oh yeah, I'm so down. Let's watch it at the same time anyways. So again, uh, we're talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, movie that just got announced this week. Jim Carrey's playing as uh, what's his name, Doctor Robotnik, and Sonic the Hedgehog's played by nobody knows the kid from Jumanji, I think, right? I I don't even know. I'm joking. Doctor, uh, the, oh, okay. People Dr. are comparing the look of Sonic to the kid, the monkey kid from Jumanji. You remember when he gets turned into a monkey for cheating? I don't remember anything about it. No, oh I'm man, sorry. here I'll show you a picture. I'm going to watch it on my phone. Otherwise, I'll be I'm okay. going to be recording all of the audio. Tell me hit play. Okay, hold on. I can get it to load, and then I oh shit, damn, that's fucking loud. Yeah, it's very loud. Hold on, it's going. I can't stop. Okay, all right, let me. Trailer starts now. <laughs> Holy shit, the rings. Yeah, people are saying there's 19 rings for the amount of money that they're going to make off this movie. Nineteen dollars. <laughs> The fuck? Yeah, you he's like the stretching. Gangster's Paradise, by the way. He's... Oh shit, that is one of those. Gotta go fast. Blake and Hedgehog's gonna be in this. <laughs> I would love it. That literally is Gangster's Paradise. Oh yeah, I wasn't joking. I didn't. I thought it just sounded a lot like it. No. Are they gonna weaponize Sonic? Is that what this is? Oh no, that's no. the bad guy. They're hiring Doctor Robotnik to help. Why do they want to get Sonic? They could not have chosen a less fitting song for this. Yeah, or Sonic, or Doctor Robotnik. Like that. I mean, <laughs> keep going. He looks so weird. Sonic does. Yeah, I love yeah, when that's, he was, that's like, the biggest complainer now. Yeah. Like, how is this Sonic the Hedgehog? Like, the, the arc doesn't even. Oh, of course, <laughs> maybe the guy's made Fast and the Furious. Got to go fast. That totally makes sense now. <sighs> What, what irritates me the most about these movies that they do is every time they fail because they provide a shit product, they're like, see, see, you guys ask for game movies, and then when you get them, this is what you do. And it's like, yeah, but it's shit. Like, Holy shit. It went into Matrix mode. <laughs> With him jumping around the robot things. What if you saw this and you didn't know, you hadn't heard of Sonic the Hedgehog? What would I mean, you, even if you have heard of it, you can't recognize it. Oh, I know. Yes, but what if you? But like, what if you just saw this? Would like what in the fuck would you be thinking? I'd be thinking, wow, that looks like a D-level movie with a very little effort put in, with a famous name slapped on top of it. Oh my Look gosh. at the picture I sent you, by the way. So that the top picture is the kid from Jumanji. Obviously, they dyed it blue. But like, I, as soon as I saw this, I was like, holy shit, that looks like a kid from Jumanji. <laughs> it's crazy. He looks so weird. All right. Um, what are your predictions on on the box oh, it's office? Be trash. No, <laughs> I don't know. I, I never know with the box office. Like when I see things like that, like when I see if I saw this, I'd be like, I would never see that movie. But for some reason, sometimes those movies go through and they do well, and I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, people enjoyed it as long as, long as people enjoy it. I guess. But holy shit, that's bad. Ouch. Yeah. That's, what do you think? Uh, I'm pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I was gonna say. I don't feel like I'm being unfair. I feel like they really didn't try. They didn't try to make it anywhere Sonic related. I didn't see any ra- loops where he's going into him and then doing a you know loop de loop. I feel like this should just be <laughs> should just be a like fan service, you know. Oof. And they haven't even done that. Yeah, there's not there's barely any characters from Sonic. <laughs> you can't recognize. Sonic. There's barely any characters, and and Sonic has a very specific sort of design, and this is like I don't know. This is like a this looks like a knockoff of Sonic. Yeah, it really does. 
All right, then. We'll, we'll see what happens. When does it come out? Do, do you know? Do you have any Who idea? Who cares? Okay, yeah, good call. It'll be straight to DVD pretty quickly afterwards, so... If that uh, movie does well, I will be really, really surprised. If the movie... Yeah, uh, I will be too, yeah. that's. It. I haven't heard anything positive about I'll it I'll be so very surprised. Anyone. All right, um... On to news, unless you got anything else for us to talk about. No, no let's do news. I only got two things. One, um, hold on, I'm trying to get onto the site right now, and it's not letting me, because it doesn't believe I'm old enough, I guess. I you know. are a child. Uh, the Konami 50th Anniversary Collection. So it looks like um, there are various anniversary collection uh, releases coming out. For instance, there's Konami Anniversary Collection Arcade Classics, which is going to be a game. Um, and then, it, well, I can't find any details because whenever you click on something, whenever you click on one of them, it asks for your age, and no matter what you put in, it just kicks you back to the age selection screen. What? So I don't know. Um, there's also going to be a Castlevania collection and a Contra collection, Contra anniversary collection. So these all all these things are coming out. Um, interestingly, the Castlevania collection is going to include um, Kid Dracula. <laughs> Okay, here we go. The games included in, in the Castlevania one are Castlevania, Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest, Castlevania 2 Belmont's Revenge, Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, Castlevania 4, Castlevania Bloodlines, wow. Kid Dracula, which is kind of the oddball here because it's not really a Castlevania game, and Castlevania The Adventure, which was a Game Boy game. Uh, so this is coming out as well as a Contra version of this and an arcade classics version of this. And seems like possibly some other ones, uh, too. So that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah, Are you sounds, interested in that? Uh, yourself? not personally, but it, I mean, it sounds really cool, but just not, if I was into Castlevania, sure. But I'm not hugely into Castlevania. Uh, and then, uh, the, sorry, go, go ahead. What? So, just so you're aware, apparently Paramount announced that they're redoing Sonic because of all the backlash they've been getting over the last week. Really? Yeah, people said it's validated too, so apparently they're redoing the entire <laughs> thing, I guess. I don't know. They're gonna, yeah, like, Here's the thing, though. I think they're just going to keep the same movie and just correct Sonic, which, I mean, the movie itself, even if you had like a perfect Sonic in it with a better voice, it wouldn't make the movie good. I mean, that's, that's a better. big task just to redo... This is it's supposed to come out November eighth. Yeah, so I guess. So I guess they do months. have a lot of time, but still, I mean, six months is not a lot of time to do that, though. Imagine if it's like, what would you expect? Oh yeah, I was thinking it was a lot earlier in the year for some reason. Yeah, it's not weird. Yeah, um, we got six months to to redo a hundred plus minutes, probably. Right. Big undertaking. Impressive. Wow. Um, well. <laughs> This will be interesting to see how that happens. <laughs> I wonder if they're just yes. going to have to um, like Push delay it, it big time. Yeah. If they release it as is, people, it's people. Hopefully, people won't see it. But even still, like I mean, if they, if like I said, if they update the the look of Sonic, it's not going to make it great. You know, you're polishing a turd. No, but still, like they could at least make him not look like 
came or Sonic or something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. Props to them for doing it, though. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely. Um, I think I it would be silly to expect this to be a good movie and anything besides just something that, you know, diehard Sonic fans, especially kids, yeah. would just like to watch. But I feel like what they've shown us is not something that a Sonic, even like a young Sonic fan would want to watch just because he looks so weird. I agree with you. Uh, the other piece of news is that the Strong National Museum of Play has announced their uh, most recent inductees into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. You know they do this every it's year. It's that time? It already? is that time. Not only is it that time, but they've announced the finalists and then today was the induction day so i guess i missed the announcement the original announcement somewhere along the line like what yeah we, we just did that <laughs> so i just pulled up the page and it says access denied you are not authorized to access this page but it's still showing me the whole page anyways nice. um so i guess i just hacked their website uh so these are the 10 i haven't looked at the uh the final Inductees Perfect. I was going to say, do you want to take some guesses here? Yeah, I'd like to take some guesses. Okay, um, these are the 10 finalists for this year, or the 10 nominees, rather, for this year. Okay. Not, not, not any sort of finalists. Just How the many 10 nominees? The, uh, five. Five okay. of the, these. So teams. we lose half of them. Uh, yes, exactly. Okay. All right. I'm going to say in or out after you say them. Okay, we're off to a strong start here with Candy Crush. Oh, God. <laughs> Can I say no out of principle? Yeah. I'm gonna Fuck. say. I mean, I'm gonna say. Go all right, look. Let's let's do this. Let's do we're just like an impromptu list of our like an impromptu top five here. We're gonna yeah. say our, our top five and then the top five predicted. So we're gonna oh, each geez. do a couple lists right right here. Don't say take too long to think about it. So yeah. the, so maybe write these down. Candy Crush. All right. Second one is Centipede. Okay. Third is Colossal Cave Adventure. This is a text based. Adventure game, a, a purely text-based adventure game. Then Dance Dance Revolution, Half-Life, Microsoft Windows Solitaire, Mortal Kombat, Myst, NBA 2K, Sid Meier's Civilization, the first one, uh, Super Mario Kart, and Super Smash Brothers Melee. And again, that's Super Mario Kart, not Mario Kart 64. This is a very right. strong list. I think we both predicted DDR and Half-Life to go through previously, if I'm not mistaken, or at least I did. Maybe. I, I, know, that they, I know that those were on the previous uh, nominees. I don't remember what our votes were for. Which one do you want to do first? Do you want to do our picks or what we think went through? Let's do our own picks first. In no order. Do you need a second? Um, do you want to, you want to start from the top and say yay or nay? Like, or how do you want to do it? How do you think? Uh, it would be I, I just I think we should just write up a list real quick. If I need to cut this out, this part. Um, out, then, I don't. Uh, I'm not gonna. I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good when you are. Okay. I don't, yeah, no particular order is is the right phrasing. By the way, all right, yeah. no particular order. This is what I. I'll go ahead and go. I've got my list. Okay. I'm I, I'm getting. I would go with Super Mario Kart. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee. I'm in agreement with both these so far. Missed. Mortal Kombat. I'm in agreement with that one. Mist is also a very good one. Damn. And Half-Life. I like your list. I, I have a lot similar to you, except I want to include DDR. So... Ooh, this is tough. My two strongest would be Mortal Kombat and Smash Brothers. 
Ooh, I was pushing Mist a lot just because of how revolutionary it was. It's so well I agree. That would too. probably be my third. Yeah, or yeah, I know. It's, it's hard because Super Mario Kart 2. You know what? I'll take out Super Mario Kart and I'll put in DDR. So I think Mario Kart 64 okay. it should be in, inducted more so than Super Mario Kart. I know Super wow. Mario Kart was also very good, but I think Mario Kart 64 is the more well-known one. At least really? to casual. Yeah, I, I think so, at least based on my experience. I think more okay. people I know, especially people who are more casual gamers, know Mario Kart 64 rather than Super. And I think DDR was such a craze and set up this, you know, the, the, is that augmented reality? Is that what you'd call that? No. What would you call that? Um, I don't know. Okay. Game. I mean, yeah, that's exactly I know what, what you, you call it. You call it TDR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking, I know, I know what you mean, but I don't know. There's what a specific it categorize name. As? Yeah. Where the game I, I feel physically like- do something. DDR was such a craze, and it, you know it's a big deal when our parents are talking about it, or my parents were talking about it, and yeah. you know talking about the dangers of it. As soon as you start talking about the dangers of a new hobby or a new fad, <laughs> you dangers. know it's, it's oh yeah. What are, are you the dangers? Me? Like physical? There's pedophiles at the arcade. They're just watching kids dance. I, I don't know. Shit. You know. You was know that a thing? People are. Was that really like? No, a... I don't know, but I'm just saying. Like, you know how anytime people are enjoying something, no, no, no. I, I, sorry, in? I don't mean was that a thing. I mean, like, was that a real f- fear that parents had? I would not be surprised. I mean, I know my my um, my friends who are super into uh, DDR. Their parents had to be there. They wouldn't let them go to the arcade without them. Wow. Yeah. That's I had never heard of that. All right, here Robert, we go. Here, you're yes. a normal human being. <laughs> um. Kind of. I, I keep, I'm trying to pull up a list here, but all I can pull up only is showing. Let's see. One, two. Oh, they only let four in. All right, so we gotta oh. take one off the list. I, I would Smash take. Brothers I would take like. off. I would take off Half Life. I would keep Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, Mist, and Mortal Kombat. And so yours would be Super Smash Brothers, uh-huh. Mortal Kombat. Fuck. <laughs> Mist. Man. Sounds like you were pretty strong on Mist. I'd probably do Mist and Half Life and scratch out DDR then, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. Half Life is just, it, it's too, it, all these are so iconic. It, it's just ridiculous, especially Mortal Kombat. You, you remember Mortal Kombat? It, it was another one of those games that pissed a lot of people off. I remember when they started putting the arcades in and all the grocery stores and all the parents were getting upset. And oh, man, that game pushed the envelope for, for uh, graphic. I think that's the strongest one on here. I would say, yeah, I would agree. I think that's extremely, extremely strong. What's your predicted list now? Uh, Candy Crush is definitely on there. Candy Crush is still... I don't know. I don't think so. Dude, do you know how profitable Candy Crush is? First of all, you know Activision owns it? Um, They own the company that owns Candy Crush. Candy Crush is a... No, I did not know that. Makes shit tons of money. Like, it's disgusting. Even now, a disgusting amount of money. I think Candy Crush almost guaranteed... Well, based on the previous years... For for me, I feel like some 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 of the games on here that were inducted, I did not agree with, and that's why I'm thinking. Well, there's always going to be. I feel like that's always going to be going to be the case, just because. There's only four. Yeah. Jesus. All right, these are my predictions. All right, go ahead. DDR. Wow. Actually, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to. There, there's with so it. many good ones on here. It's ridiculous. My prediction is DDR. Mortal Kombat, Mist, and Civilization. Ooh, interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with Candy Crush, Mortal Kombat, 
Mist and Solitaire. And I don't know why. I, I think NBA 2K and Solitaire are like, whatever. You're saying Solitaire, Mist. Mortal Kombat and uh, Candy Crush. Okay. Is that what I said? Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, okay, here we go. You ready? Yep. Uh, here it is. Mario Kart. Wow. Colossal Cave Adventure. Interesting. Solitaire. Oh, there's one of them. And Mortal Kombat. Okay. I think the Solitaire one is a waste. I don't even think that should be on here. I think that's just a... Uh, I understand why it's on here, kind of, but I think it's stupid. Like, I think I, I, it, I, I see both sides of this. I, I, I don't have a problem with it being on here. I, I understand thinking it's stupid, too, but it's also kind of iconic, you know? Yeah, but I feel like there's a lot... Uh, I guess it is very iconic. Remember how you could like change the what the backs of the cards were? Oh, I always did the robot. Always did the robot. Oh yeah, yeah. So I did too. That's the highest win rate. <laughs> and, the uh, highest win rate. <laughs> and 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 of course, everybody knows the big bouncing animation when you win, where you know. I never like, won. Cat- no. You've seen it though. I'm just kidding. I'm just okay. kidding. I actually, for like three months, one time, I just got into the stint where I tried to get as good as, as good at solitaire as possible. Oh man, how that? Goes I was getting me. so good at. It. I was getting really good at it. Like I could beat it almost. Like, my win rate was so was high, that? and I could beat it so fast. But was it any fun to do that? Um, yeah, kind of. Okay. It was interesting when you lose, because then what i do is I would reset that hand and play it again oh, really? every way possible until I could figure out a way to win. It was very huh. rare that there wasn't a way to win. Like, huh. one in, probably one in a hundred, you really couldn't win, I felt like. I bet it's higher than that. I, I don't know. bet I mean, it's higher think how many, than that. Think, think about when you're playing, how many options you have. You know what I mean? I feel like you don't... I mean, I guess it's been a long time since i played Solitaire, but I don't remember feeling ever like I had tons of options on what to do. Oh. Okay. Especially if you play three-card fold. All right. Welp. That was interesting. That was interesting. <laughs> um, so there we go. There's this year's inductees into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Cool. Let's talk about the games that we've been playing. Maybe one day these will see... The World Video Game Hall of Fame. Think? I think one of them is already in there. I think one of mine is. Oh shit! Oh fuck! Could be wrong. Whoa, language, Jesus! <laughs> the children's podcast. Come on, these are people who watch uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um. So I'm, I'm going to touch lightly on Final Fantasy VII a little bit. Then I'm going to talk about my other game, and okay. then I'm going to compare the two. Okay. So. I'm still playing Final Fantasy VII. I am just about done with the second disc. Um, I'm about 30 hours deep and still have a lot of fun with it. I'm not running into too many issues. I'm running into a few more complaints and criticisms of it because of the second game I played. Um, But I'm still really enjoying it. I still think Final Fantasy VII is a very, very uh, enjoyable game. I think it's very story-driven, obviously. But I will say I found a lot of issues with the story this this time playing through. There are a lot of random things that just do not connect and you're supposed to just (laughs) kind of smooth the edges out yeah there it's interesting it starts off strong i mean you're you're basically a terrorist you're part of a terrorist group right and you're you're doing this stuff and it's interesting and you're you're learning why you're doing it and how and it basically how to morally justify it then you're like okay then you start to become friends with these people and expand 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 and then it just does that thing where it just does the the vomit where it's like this really convoluted overly complicated story and they start introducing these characters and try to do all this backstory through flashbacks and stuff and it's like you're reaching, but okay, I'm still there. And then it gets to the point where you're like, you've lost me. Hmm, but really? it, it, it's definitely tough. There, there are some really weird things about it. And I'm interested to see in the remake that they do, um, if they're going to smooth out some of those etch- edges, expand on some of the characters a little bit more to make it a more well-rounded story. I don't think it's the worst story ever. I just don't think 
it's not as good as I remember. I, I think in my mind, I, I rounded off some of the edges just because it's Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second game I played, or the second game I am playing, is Final Fantasy IX. So Lisa uh, bought Final Fantasy IX um, right after I bought Final Fantasy VII, like maybe like a, a week or so later. All right. And I was watching her play a little bit, and I was like, huh, it's interesting to watch th- watch this game be played after playing seven so much, right? Because it, it was seven, eight, nine, obviously, in chronological order. And eight, obviously, was a pretty big miss. We've talked about that before. But it, it's interesting to see some of the changes that they made for good or for bad, and to see some of the areas that they expanded on. So Final Fantasy IX, again, obviously very similar to seven, is a turn-based uh, JRPG that is very, very story-driven. Uh, this game has a little bit more side stuff to do that allows you to fill up some of the time and create a little bit more um, variety in your gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways that they do that through is the card game, which is called, uh, I think it's Terramaster or Tetramaster. And it's a very simple card game with some RNG elements to it. It's, it's a three by three grid. So there's nine squares. A couple of the, at, at, during every match, a couple of the, the squares are blocked by these like stone looking things to try and create variants in the board style. And then before you see the board, you lock in five cards. And the cards are all based off of mobs or uh, people, actually, in certain cases in the game. So you can get, like, Ramu and Shiva, like, the, the summons. But you can also get, like, very, very simple creatures or, like, bombs or grenades or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. The bombs and grenades are mobs in Final Fantasy series. Um, and so uh, as you pick these cards, they have different stats based on their level. And then they have these arrows that are on one of eight sides. So it's either up, down, left, or right, or diagonal, up, left, up, right bottom right, bottom left, right? And so how the game works is essentially a coin flip happens, one person goes, you have five cards in your hand, and whoever has the most points at the end wins. And points just means the amount of your color of cards on the table. So very simply, um, if you put a card at the top left, um, you would essentially want your arrows pointing away from the top left, that way somebody can't just take your card. Because if you don't have an arrow pointing outward and somebody places a card down with an arrow pointing towards your card, they will just take it over. Now, if you have an arrow pointing and they place one pointing at your arrow, then a battle happens. And it's just be honest this... with you, I'm not following this one bit, but I trust but you that it's fun. I figured as much. It's not that fun. There's the, what I was trying to get oh, to is oh, okay. Get... I thought you were saying that it was fun. It's it's okay. It creates a little bit of uh, a variety, and, and the way that they they pace it is kind of interesting. So I know it's really complicated. I know it's it's kind of hard to follow, but the point I'm getting to is essentially when you align two cards up next to each other, they have these numerical values based on the power level of the card, and they both pop up on the card you don't see it prior and then the numbers sort of just run at each other and sometimes if you have like a power level 60 and they have a power level 15 you could lose as the level 60 it just just rng it's just like stupid it's just all of a sudden you'll go from 60 down to 10 they'll go from 15 to 5 and then you'll just die or something like that it's really random sometimes and there's these other mechanics with doing combos and stuff but Long story short, the, the card game is, it's very simple. Um, there are some frustrating elements, like I, ta- like I mentioned, the, the RNG aspect of it. But what's interesting about it is when you win, you get to take one of your opponent's cards and keep it. And in turn, if you lose, they take one of yours. And there are actually certain people you can play where you take all of theirs or they take all of yours, which can be very devastating if you're using like very, very powerful cards. And the reason I bring this up is this is just one example of some of these side things you can do throughout the game. So if you're tired of going through the story, you're tired of reading dialogue, maybe you've grinded a little bit too much, you have these little side things you can do that eat up some time, you know, give your, give your mind a break to do something else. And the, the cards aren't like amazingly cool, but still interesting. And the other piece that I really like is, and this is one of my criticisms with Final Fantasy VII, is the equipment slash ability leveling system. So Final Fantasy VII, you get armor and items, 
as you equip them, it opens up these slots where you can put magic into. And then as you kill mobs, you level the magic up that's equipped, right? Pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. In Final Fantasy IX, you equipped armor, and based on your character, a certain ability will begin learning based on that piece of armor. Interesting. So if you so if you put on a belt for Steiner, who's like this knight, it might give him like some sort of buff, like maybe it makes him stronger, right? Whereas if Zidane equips it, which is the main character, it might be something like steel, or oh, maybe cool. it's like bug killer, right? So it varies based on the person who's equipping it, and obviously weaker abilities have a much lower uh, AP, which is ability points required in order to learn that ability. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you can you can be very strategic about it, right? So if you want to go for the long haul, maybe go for a more powerful ability, you can put on an item early in the game and then obviously level it up uh, sooner rather than starting with some lower level stuff. What I love about this, you, and this is so what... That, so you, it works out pretty well? Like, it, that's fun? It sounds good. Yeah, and what I was going to say, so comparing this to Final Fantasy VII, one of my criticisms of the material system, which I'm, I've been pretty fond of, I like the idea of the material system, I love the interactions with the different types of materia and how you can do combos and stuff, but the frustrating part about it, or the not as exciting part about it, is you. it takes a long time to level up materia in Final Fantasy VII. So you might be using a piece of materia for a long time, I mean 10 hours plus before it might level. There's a lot wow. of AP that is required to level some material. Some of it you will not; it will not level until after you beat the game. Like it's that much <laughs> ability points goes into it. Damn. Final Fantasy IX, you're constantly learning these abilities. You're constantly getting new abilities, and then trading armor, and buying new armor, and selling armor, and learning these different abilities, and you know making your character more well-rounded. It's exciting, and it's more. It's a. It's a much better pacing is really what I'm getting at. It's a much better pacing for, for learning abilities and kind of being excited. And when you when you have a successful RPG, it has all these different elements that are sort of moving at the same time. All the, they're, they're always in motion, and it's nice when they pop up. So you have, you know, you're, you're leveling abilities, which is exciting. Your character's leveling, which is exciting. You're getting more money so you can buy equipment so you become stronger. The story's also progressing. Like, there's all these different elements that are going on at the same time. And I feel like Final Fantasy IX polished a lot of those things, and this is one of them. Material system, again, I really like it. I, I always have. But I think Final Fantasy IX really did it better. I, I You can't do any of the combos that you can do with the materia necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I think they simplified it a little bit, but expanded on certain aspects of it to make it more enticing, which is pretty cool. It sounds uh, cool. This game has a lot more stuff to interact with in the world. There's a lot more secrets, which is pretty exciting. So when you're in a given area, there's a pretty damn good chance that you will find a secret. And they're, they're pretty easy to, they're not easy to spot, but they're easy to identify when you're near them because this explanation point will pop up. But it means you have to search areas a little bit, which can get tedious and you can miss items, but it also encourages you to explore more, which for me has encouraged me to interact with more mobs and to find NPCs I wouldn't have otherwise found. And on top of that, when you see a random NPC, when you approach them, they have this specified icon if they if they want to play Tetramaster, the card game. Not every NPC wants to do it. So it has expanded, and it's allowed me to find more people to play with too, which is pretty cool, because everybody you play usually has different cards. I will also say the music that you that, that is played during Tetramaster, I really, really like. I'm going to show it to you, because I actually really like it. It's very subtle. It's very subtle, but it's just enough to, to kind of get your attention. <laughs> it's like a washboard. <laughs> so yeah, about? my teacher had my teacher had one when I was in music class, and it was a shape of a fish. And you took this instrument, and you kind of stroked—bad uh, wording—but stroked it across it, <laughs> and uh, it made that exact noise. So awesome. I, I really like it. This is in the background. It's very subtle, right? 
Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's kind of cool, and and the music in the game overall is great. Uh, I, I think it's fantastic. Seven has, I think, seven has a more a- iconic and memorable soundtrack. But I think Final Fantasy Nine, it's it's a very solid soundtrack. I think it matches. I think the style of the music matches very well with the actual game. Uh, the art style is a little bit different than Seven. It's more detailed. And then the last thing is the story. The story is it's good. It's it's um it has some issues, and again, it does the same thing that a lot of Final Fantasies do, where they're on this. This path, it's got good execution to it. Thank you. Uh, it's 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 pacing's pretty good, and then you get toward the later stages, and then they do that thing where they overcomplicate it, and it get you get a little bit confused as to what your main purpose is, and then they tie it off pretty well. So, <laughs> story, it, it's good. It, it's not the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life, but it's it's enjoyable. It's enough. It's not uh, it, it's not so bad that it, it makes you want to stop playing. I guess is, is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. So, um, so it's not like mine. It's not like it doesn't hurt you to to listen to it. No, and it definitely has some high points, especially early on. I, I want to emphasize that the the early part of the story, especially, I think it's I think this game's four discs. I, I don't remember specifically because I'm obviously playing it through an emulator, but I believe it's four discs. And the first like disc and a half, really, really, really good. the The story is simple. It does it does some pretty good twisting of your emotions. You, they get you to hate this character, and then you find out it's not really their fault. And it's sort of like, oh, okay, like that, that's kind of interesting. And then you dive more into it and it's like, oh, and then they hit you again with some more emotions. And it's like, okay, I don't mind this. Like they, they did a pretty good job. They, they definitely swindled me a little bit. And, and yeah, right. I think there's anything else. I think that's kind of, I think that's where I'm at today, Robert. So overall, you're, you are liking it. Yeah, I'm enjoying both seven and nine. I, I, it makes me almost want to play eight, but then I remember that I stopped playing last <laughs> don't time. Do very it. frustrated. I don't think it's going to be that well. I don't think so either. But uh, actually, it was funny. My, my friend, he was at my house and I was talking about it. And he goes, you know, I love, Final Fantasy VIII is my favorite game of all the Final Fantasies. I was like, really? He's like, I know. I know. I get a lot of flack for it. He's like, but you have to remember, the combat system is really fun. The leveling up system is really fun. It's just the story is absolute shit. And I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly how I felt after playing that game. <laughs> Pretty funny. All right. All right, cool. That's it. Sounds good. All right. I played uh, NBA Live 96. We talked about this uh, a little bit uh, beforehand because I was because uh, I asked anybody any of our listeners who wanted to be on my custom team to uh, to tell me, and so our lineup was. Let me see if I ha- actually have it written down. I think it was you, me, uh, our listener Jeff, and our listener Jonathan, and then nobody else w- uh, wanted to join. So then I just used one actual player so we played as the hornets jeff was a jeff wanted to be a five foot eight 155 pound center because those are his real life uh height and weight and um i don't remember why he wanted to be center but that's what he went with uh and then i think he wanted to be ironic didn't he i i yeah probably um let's see jonathan was the exact opposite. I, I forgot exactly, but basically I made him almost as tall and as heavy as you can be. And he was a power forward, although he wanted to be really good at shooting threes, so I tried to give him a good uh, three-pointer, like a three-point shooting stat, which is hard, kind of weird because the way that they do stats in when you create a custom character on here, it's not like... You get to just pick whatever, and you don't even, and it's not even like you have a certain amount of points that you can, um, you know, like attribute to wherever you want. The way it does it is really weird. It does, like, you can 
go to basically you have five kind of generic stat categories and they affect certain specific stats. So you have like shooting and that will affect, you know, field goals, three pointers and free throws. Field and goals. then well, field goals is like any shot, like a two pointer basically. And then, oh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. And then they might have defense and that, you know, counts for any t- anything related to defense. And that's, that's how it works. But when you, and, and it shows all of the, stats on the screen. So what it does is say I'm raising somebody's shooting stat. Then what it does is like, like half ran, like pseudo ran, like a little bit randomly, but mostly not. It will raise and lower every single thing. Like if I move shooting up one from 85 to 86, then Whoa. two pointers might go up two points and three pointers might even drop down a little bit. And then a bunch of other stats might drop down just kind of randomly. And then if I raise it up again, then maybe three pointers will come back up some and two pointers might go up or down a little bit. And then everything else will go back down a little bit more too. And then if I, and then once I go down to defense, if I raise defense, then it'll raise that. And then like your shooting scores might start going down a little bit. It's really weird the way they do it. So you can't get somebody, it's kind of their way of, uh, you know, keeping it balanced. So you can't just max somebody out, but it's weird that they didn't just say, all right, here's, you know, 20 points to allocate however you want, you know, uh, or, you know, you know, a couple hundred points, you know, like 300 points and there's five categories, you know, allocate them however you want. They didn't do anything like that. It's just when you move one thing up, a bunch of other stuff just goes down in a, in a pretty random fashion. So that being said, I made Jonathan as good as I could at three pointers uh, for a power forward. And then, um, let's see, you wanted to be point guard and I wanted to be, uh, I, I ended up going with shooting guard. Shooting guards are typically supposed to be very good at threes. Um, but like I said, Jonathan also wanted to be good at threes. So we had two supposed, uh, good three point shooters. And I made up a rule for myself, which was, or I made up two rules for while I was playing. So we got the dream team, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, is the correct answer. I'm, I'm typing. Sorry, that's why I'm, I'm muting my mic. That's cool. Um, and uh, what I did, I didn't keep any of the good players on the, 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 the Charlotte Hornets had some really good players on their team at this time. Uh, I didn't keep most of the famous ones because they were uh, in positions that we were taking over, basically. So it was a four of us and one real player. I don't even remember what the real player, which one he was. But the, the two rules I came up with were... If we're all on the court, like we haven't been substitute, substituted out or anything, then only the four of us were allowed to take any shots. I wasn't allowed. I didn't allow myself to take any shots with the fifth guy. And also, if Jonathan ever got the ball, anytime Jonathan got the ball at the three-point line, I had to take the, the shot with him. Okay? So those are my rules. Interesting. And what I did was, uh, I didn't play a season. Uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even play a whole bunch of games with our team um because the, the battery in the sega genesis cartridge is not is basically dead what you lost your file so i only got to play two games with uh with our team and then i turned it off oh, and turned it back on they were damn. all gone <laughs> but i did That's play tough. so i played the uh I, I did you can start you can start in the playoffs as opposed to doing a, a full season and you can even choose the playoff format like you know usually it's 
I think five games, it's best of five for every playoff series until the finals is best of seven. But you can Obviously. change it. But you can change it to where it's less than that. And I just changed it to where it was best of one all the way up to the finals. And then it's like best of three or something like that, just to keep it quick. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets, and you can adjust it if you want, but I just went with the default. The Charlotte Hornets start off by playing the Bulls, which is the 1996 Bulls, which are pretty damn good. So that's a hard team to start off with. Damn. Um, I wrote down just a few stats from our very first game. Um, first off, we lost, we, but we did Ooh. lose. We lost in overtime. So we did, we did hang in there pretty good on three pointers. <laughs> we were one for 19. Oh, damn. <laughs> Who was this person with the stats on three pointers again? Uh, me and Jonathan. You know who scored our you know how you know who scored our one out of 19 three me it was you oh yeah <laughs> no so I'm not surprised yeah uh Jonathan took more me and Jonathan probably took the most threes uh, and obviously we all missed every single one of them Jeff our five foot eight center was a fucking all-star he had 23 of our 70 points. He was our highest. Holy shit. He led our team. He, he made almost every single shot that he took. And also, what? he was like the king of alley-oops. <laughs> he had seven alley-oops in our game. For some oh reason, God. somehow, he just kept getting wide open. And we pass it to him and he would run up and do it. Like, they would toss it up and he'd, he'd jump up and do an alley-oop. Uh, Jonathan, despite missing so many threes, did have, he was our second, uh, most highest scoring, uh, player with 20 points. Okay. And Jay, you nearly lost us the game right before overtime. We lost anyways, but you nearly completely blew it because (laughs) it was, uh, like one second left until, uh, until regulation was over and obviously it was tied. And they took a shot from the entire other end of the court, you know, just like a, just to, yeah. you know, you know, just as you do. And you fouled the guy when he, when he took the shot from the other, you fouled him when he took a shot from the other end of the court. So he got three free throws and he only had to make one to win the game. And luckily he missed all three of them. It was all planned. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Uh, so we did all right, but uh, unfortunately due to our, horrendous three point percentage. Uh, we ended up losing, uh, and that was the end of the playoffs because I was doing it where it's best of one. So then I did another one with us, same situation, everything. And we lost that one. Also, it didn't even go to overtime. It was very close. We only lost by like four points or something like that. And it was pretty much, it went pretty much the same. Like Jeff did fucking amazing. Somehow we missed threes, almost every single one that we took. And, uh, and that was basically it. So that's how our uh, that's how our team turned out. Anybody who was who 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 cared who was following along and with that. Just put this disclaimer out there: we don't want to get anybody give anybody the idea that you're going to get paid for this. This is college basketball. So right? Yeah, yeah. Paid. Thank you for clarifying that. That's uh, yeah, our I don't want to get some hot water again. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, so on to NBA Live '96, the game itself. This game was really fun. And wow. I used to, uh, I remember really liking it a lot back, you know, when it came out. Uh, I, I thought I would kind of like it. But honestly, I had 
about as much, almost as much fun playing this as I had playing NHL 94. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not joking. It was you got my attention. It Damn. is a super, super solid basketball game. It, and it reminded me a lot of NHL 94 also because when you think of NHL 94, you think like that game was super fun. But there's not like one specific thing that it does amazingly well, like better than the rest. There's nothing. Well, there's not one thing that stands that stands out, right? Or at least to me, there's not. It's like it controls super well, and it's overall really balanced. And uh, you have to like kind of play smart to win, and that's kind of and it just and and those things carry it a long way. This was really the same. There's not one thing that really stands out. It's just everything is executed very very well. The controls are really good. It just feels good to play. It's uh, The pacing is really good. Again, you have to play smart, especially if you have a team that's terrible at three-pointers like like our team was. Uh, the, the, How dare the, you. the graphics are really good for, you know, for this time. And uh, it's there's all, there's like not really a whole lot more to say about it. Just all of the the all of the aspects of the game were just done super solidly. That's crazy, especially yeah. for it being as old as it is. Yeah, which we say way too much, but <laughs> right. But uh, but it's true. It was uh, it was awesome, and so um, I was uh, looking. I forgot what it was. I was looking up something for it, and I I think I was looking at what what platforms it came out on. So I okay. I, th- I think I mentioned this, but I played the the Sega Genesis version. Yeah. And let me actually see what all I, I I looked this up to see what platforms came out on that, and then I got distracted because I found something else out, and I didn't even look at all the platforms. Wow! Apparently, this was out on Game Boy. <laughs> like, I would like to see that. So this oh, came out man. on SNES, Genesis, PlayStation. That's kind of bizarre. Uh, PlayStation and Game Boy. I would really I, I gotta pull up Game Boy uh, at some point, and uh, Windows. Okay. Okay. Uh, I had forgotten, but I actually owned this on uh, on Windows as well, and I and this game I remember now it was even better on Windows. Uh, wow! It, as long as you had it, it I actually I, I I played this with a joystick, like a like a flight joystick. Um, and this game was awesome. It was everything that I said for the Sega Genesis version was true. But in addition to that, it, the graphics were even better. And it also had um, a lot of uh, like halftime stats and, and mid-season stats and post-game stats where it would show like real pictures of the like real real photographs of the players and be like, oh, look, Shaq had, you know, this many points and these were his stats for the game. And he and, or, and look, here's the. You know, Scotty Pippen was the player of the game. Let's look at his stats and that kind of stuff. And it made it seem it, like back then it really made it feel like you were watching a game on TV, even though they didn't have, you know, full announcers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it just added a really awesome touch just to the presentation in general. It's like, wow, this is what this is kind of the stuff that you would see. Uh, watching watching a game, watching an actual NBA broadcast. It felt, it, it was, I don't know, something about the presentation was just really, really well done. And also, they, they did this cool thing that sound it kind of sounds bad in theory, 
but it actually worked really well where they had a moving camera watching the court uh, on the on the PC version. So it would kind of, uh, when you, it's, it's really kind of hard to, to explain, but it's almost kind of like you're a spectator in the crowd. And when you go back and from one side of the court to the other, it's like kind of slowly pans the other way, but it doesn't pan perfectly. It kind of does like a slight kind of like a, kind of like a curve while it pans. You have, you really need to pull, just pull up some footage because I, I don't know how to describe it very well. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Whereas in the, uh, on the Sega Genesis version, it's all like, you know, it doesn't show the whole court at once and the camera does move around, but it's, but it's all static. It's like moving in basically in a straight line one way or the other. Whereas okay. the actual angle changes when it move when it, when, when you go back and forth on the, uh, on the PC version, the PC version was really, really, really awesome. I, there's basically no way. I mean, I'm sure you can find. Uh, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. There's no legitimate way to play it uh, anymore, as far as I know. But uh, if you can play it, I would suggest giving it a shot. You know, if you're a basketball fan, because it was really fun. <clears throat> but this holds up superbly well. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah, also, also the sound was really was really good on the PC version. One other thing um, that one of my friends and I discovered on this. Is that so? The game had um, it did not have Michael Jordan in it or Charles Barkley, even though they were playing at the time. It was like you know, like sometimes there's like licensing bullshit, you know, that yeah. they don't yeah. include characters. But what so what we did was uh, we went to like cr- just create them on our own in the player creator. Just because okay. you can create anybody and then basically like you go through this process and it's called like you're drafting them onto a team. So any created character you can put on any team in the game. So what we were doing this one time, my friend and I were playing it. We were like, oh, we'll just make Michael Jordan and put him on the team. That'll be fun. When you uh, when you make Michael Jordan. So the first thing it asks you for is the is, is the character's name that you're making. Okay. If you type in Michael Jordan, then it automatically creates the real Michael Jordan for you. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's not really in the game. They just created this person and we had it. If you create a person with Michael Jordan, then he has these awesome stats and he looks just like Michael Jordan. Oh, man. Uh, and they did this and it's the same with Charles Barkley. And then what we also discovered was that it there's a lot of uh, like legacy players that you can do the same thing for. I don't remember him specifically, but I feel like we did like Wilt Chamberlain and stuff like that. And every time we did it, we would get like an actual character that looked just like him and had all the exact right stats yeah. and like the same number and everything. So that was a really cool touch. I, I think that was a kind of a cool thing to do for the, for the designers to do. It's like, you don't technically hit Michael Jordan, but we're going to give him to you the best way, you know, that we can, you know, we're going to do the closest <laughs> we can to giving him to you. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, and that's, that's all I got for NBA live 96. That was, uh, I, I, I didn't think I was going to dislike it. I thought I would, I thought I would like it. Um, but I ended up having actually a lot more fun than I expected. Yeah, it seems like a Utah. It's, I think that's the longest we've ever talked about a sports game. And <laughs> such a simple game so. to discuss so far is crazy. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. I, I, I would play it some more. So uh, there it is. High recommendation from you got it here cool. from Rob. Rob Ring. Rob Ring. All right. You want to pause for a second and double check everything before we continue, or okay. are you good? Uh, uh yeah, you told well, me I'm just I'm just being smart here. I'm just trying to be safe here. No, nah, let's go. Let's go. We got it. Wow, balls in. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, top fives. It's a fun one. This is a fun one. Games that had the most untapped potential. 
So games that yes. had really cool elements um, and maybe like a really cool kind of basis for a game, but the game itself didn't just didn't turn out to be very good. It just wasn't executed good. Um, I guess that pretty much says it all. But 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 like I said, but it had uh, a cool foundation with some interesting with some cool ideas. The, uh, the way I took this as well is this was this may be a game in a series and it in a series with a lot of really good titles. Maybe this one fell short because of a few key things, or maybe they got too ambitious or a little bit greedy or something. So. <laughs> you know what? I actually did the opposite. Oh, really? Well, well, sort of. If I had a game that was... I, I, I took that as cheating. If it was a game in a series with other where the other games oh, were good. Oh, thanks, Dick. I, I was like, you know, that's too easy. I'm going to do ones that like didn't really end up getting... As far as I know, <sighs> didn't end up getting an awesome This was game. already challenging. <laughs> to come up with the original ones, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't, sorry, I don't I have... I stole that. your thunder there. That's all gotta be stupid. I okay. almost closed my nose. Damn. I just I pulled up Game Boy uh, NBA Live '96, by the way, and um, it looks pretty much like a like a Game Boy basketball game. That's funny. All right. Oh, actually, it looks. Ooh, actually, I didn't watch any video. Oh my gosh, it's super slow. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you're. Like, I can visualize what you're saying. Look at this. Um, and it's also, like... I mean, I guess you kind of expect this, but the frame rate is terrible. <laughs> like, even for a Game Boy game, it's pretty bad jeez. frame rate. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's so slow. They just passed the ball, and it took, like, two seconds for it to get to the other guy. It says three down votes. EA Sports, Robert. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, where where were we? Oh yeah, top so five. Slow. So what the shit? But, uh, most untapped potential. All right, uh, I'll go first, I guess. Okay. My number five is a game that we played for game of the quarter. Or no, I don't. No, no, no. I, I take it back. This was not a game of the quarter. This was the first one that we. Uh, it was the first. It was right before we started doing a game of the quarter, where we chose a game for us both to yeah. play. Do you remember what that was? I can't think of the name of it, but I remember the game. Clock Tower. Oh no! I was thinking of a different one. I'm sorry. Uh, I think this was. I think this was that. But anyway, yeah, Clock Tower, uh, and, and Clock Tower wasn't bad, but it just. I think if anything, just didn't hold up very well and was very repetitive and had some annoying aspects. But I feel like a horror game based on a guy kind of like chasing you around with a giant pair of scissors trying to cut your head off, and you have to run and hide from him. That's a pretty awesome premise for a game. Oh, yeah. A lot of horror games have done that in the recent... Remember Amnesia? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one, probably due to just it being so old and so early, as far as this type of game goes, just wasn't great. But uh, I think it could have been done... I think it could have been really good. Especially if it came out later and, you know, it had kind of like learned from other games that had done the same type of thing. Sure. All right, what's your number five? Uh, what should I do? Let's do this. Number five is going to be... I'll do one of my non-sequel uh, games. Uh, this is The Sims. So Sims, obviously, oh, wow. very, very popular game, right? Simulation, real-life type stuff. You get a job, you have a kid, you have a house. I love the idea of it, but the way that they executed it does not fill what I need. So I know a lot of people are very, very big fans of this game, yeah, especially I like women. Um, I know a lot of women who still play this game quite a bit. And for me, I feel like they focus too much on the aesthetics, the wow, having their own unique language, 
as opposed to some sort of actual gameplay, something that's a little bit more challenging. I like the idea of it. I mean, I've talked positively about a bunch of different simulation games I've played, you know, Theme Hospital, Rollercoaster Tycoon. Dungeon Keeper's kind of a simulator, not really, but... Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, so I, I always like these games, but the thing that I think it's missing for me is some sort of challenging puzzle aspect, something to it that, that has a little bit more teeth to it. Um, I, I think visually it's 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 appealing, right? Especially at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like their focus was on... It hit their audience quite well. I mean, it did very, very well. But uh, yeah, just could adjust a little bit for me. Okay. My number four is Clay Fighter. Ooh. Now there was a sequel to this, but I don't know anything about it. So they could have maybe improved this in the sequel. I just don't know. But uh, I think that the premise is really cool. You got all these, they had a super awesome character variety. Uh, and obviously the, all the characters are clay models, which is, which is in its own super unique. Uh, particularly for a fighting game. And they had really cool characters. They had a cool premise on like the, the character, the overall character design and like the graphical design. And uh, I even, if I remember correctly, the characters had really cool moves and stuff and it just wasn't really a good fighting game. Uh, just the gameplay wasn't great. <laughs> but uh, so I feel like, I mean, all I was missing is the gameplay. So if they had just made this a actual good fighting game, this was, uh, this could have been like, this could have had a. I feel like this could have been like one of the games that you look back on and been like, oh, that game was so awesome. Just because it's so kind of like yeah. off the wall and unique and it does so many weird and cool things, but it just turns out that just it's the fighting aspects of it weren't very good. Cool. All right. Uh, let's do one of my ones that's from a series. Let's start with. Let's start with the boring one. Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced slash A2. So obviously, huge Final Fantasy Tactics person, or huge fan of it. And they ended up doing one sequel, which was the Advanced one for Game Boy Advance, and then they did A2, which I, I don't remember which handheld it was for. But the game got progressively worse. And there were a couple contributing things to this. One, they watered the game down. They tried to make it more mainstream and simplified a lot of aspects that the original people who enjoyed the game really, really enjoyed. But I, I will say, in the, the first... Uh, sequel which is the advanced one they did some pretty good things there was they they rounded off some of the leveling aspects they streamlined a little bit which wasn't too frustrating from my perspective because it was a little bit clunky in tactics at times and it was but but the thing is that they missed on heavily was the god the judge the judge just ruined this game so if anybody who's played final fantasy tactics you, you obviously know there was no judge right and so they implemented this character that is a third party that at the beginning of every fight announces rules of things you can and cannot do and if you do the cannot things he yellow cards you if you kill somebody doing one of those things you can't do you are red carded and you get ex- your, your character gets exited from the map goes to prison and you have to bail them out i'm not joking this is a legit mechanic that they added in the expansion which is final fantasy tactics advanced this the judge alone was absolutely brutal i, I believe later on if i remember correctly you do actually get to fight him and at a certain point, you just oh, kind of really? give him the middle finger. Yeah, it's really late in the game, I believe. But yeah, the, the whole judge thing just absolutely ruined the combat for me and made it... Because it, it was it got so frustrating because essentially what ended up happening is you would go into a fight and it would say no swords. And you're running like thief, warrior, ninja. And then like a healer and a black ninja. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. These three guys cannot attack. Yeah, They can't. They can't do anything. So yeah, it, it was a really stupid mechanic. And I think if they would have adjusted that and maybe spent a little bit more time on the, the story and not made it so childish, which is exactly what they did. They took a very adult 
story and Final Fantasy Tactics, and they watered it down and, and made it really, really PG. Mm-hmm. Very, very simple uh, concept. But yeah, a lot, of, a lot of possibilities there, but they, they totally goofed it, unfortunately. Yep, sounds like uh, from everything you and Blake have said about it, it sounds pr- pretty rough. Yeah. All right, uh, number, where are we, three. Uh, I may get some flack for this because plenty of people do like this series. I like a lot of things about this series besides the actual gameplay. That is the Space Quest games. Basically <laughs> any of them. Excuse me, I'm like hiccuping. Uh, I, I, so these are, of course, Sierra point-and-click adventure games. They have plenty of uh, fans. But I think most people like... I think most people really like either more the idea or the nostalgia of these than they actually do the, the games themselves. Sure. Because the games are all just really rough. I think it's an awesome premise for a game to have a comedy-based science fiction point-and-click adventure game. Like, everything's funny. You're this kind of, like, like goofball, like, dopey guy that's trying to be a hero in space. Uh, and it's... and Sorry. All those things are great, except just the humor. Ah, the humor is okay. Some of it's kind of lame. Some of it's some of it's fine, but the gameplay is is really rough. Where it's like there's you know Sierra classic stuff. Where it's like there's plenty of ty- ways that you can ruin your game. There's plenty of puzzles that don't make any sense of whatsoever. Uh, and of course, it's a Sierra game, so you can die in it, and that's always that always sucks, especially if you don't have a a game to to load. Or maybe you do have one to load, but it's too close to when you died, and there's nothing you can do to to escape that situation. Anyway, you know all the typical Sierra problems are here, so that's 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 the issue. But I think the whole premise again of having a uh, a sci-fi point-and-click adventure game that's also that's also a comedy uh, is awesome. It just wasn't done well. I like it. All right, what you got? Uh, let's do one of the other ones from a series. Uh, this is actually something I played for the podcast recently. Uh, this is Pikmin 2. So Pikmin 1, obviously, I think I played oh, it twice yeah. on the podcast, talked about it, loved it, loved everything about it, thought it was an amazing game, loved the pacing, loved the difficulty, loved the seriousness of it at times because it was a little bit dark and pretty serious. And Pikmin 2, I feel, uh, similar to Tactics as I was talking about, I feel like they made it, they watered it down a little bit. They made it not so serious. They didn't put as much stress or anxiety on you because in the first one, you had a limited amount of days to collect parts in order to get off the island and if, or excuse me, off the planet. And if you didn't do that, then you would die, right? In the second one, they made it so easy to achieve your final goal. There really wasn't any pressure on you. Mm-hmm. And it and it just, I feel like they, they ruined that piece of it, which was kind of the stress about it. And then the two-player part, I thought was a cool concept going into it. But once I actually tried it, and by two-player, I mean you have two captains in the actual game uh you have two characters that you alternate between and it was a cool concept i just think they could have done some things better on it in order to improve on it i i really loved the first one i think i thought it was really cool how olimar is like your main guy everywhere he is that's obviously where you are and so you have to be very specific on your positioning in order to progress through levels before the sun sets and you die in the second one because you have two of them it was it just did not feel right. I feel like there's some things they could have done to to make it a little bit smoother. And it's unfortunate because this game is, it is very, very highly reviewed. A lot of people really like this game. It just There was a couple things for me that just made it a little bit too bumpy, and I couldn't complete it. Yeah, that sucks because, like you said, the first one was so was, was so good. I, I'm interested to play this eventually because, like you said, there are a lot of people that do like this game. Yeah. I'd like to see... 
I'd, I'd like love to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, I'd like to see if I end up liking it or feeling more like you do. I'd be All very right. curious, actually, because sometimes yeah. we agree and other times not so much. So that's that's the way it goes. Yeah. All right, number two. <laughs> you ready for this? Yep. Kingdom Hearts. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Isn't that such a? Doesn't that sound Rip like into- such a potentially good premise for a game? Like not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. I know, right? But uh. Even without the Final Fantasy characters, just say, just like, oh, Disney characters in a Final Fantasy type RPG. Even if you didn't know that there were going to be necessarily Final Fantasy characters in it, that sounds pretty odd. That sounds like, wow, if they do this right, that could be really cool. Yeah. Um, good art style, good gameplay. I'd, I'd definitely be interested. Yeah. I, 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 I think you're right about the, the Squares characters. I think a lot of the Square JRPG characters try to add this realistic element to it, and it just falls flat on its face and more or less takes away from the, the base concept. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, I mean, we, we've, we, I've ran it about the game. F. The gameplay I don't like at all, but <clears throat> the, the characters are, are fine. The, mostly the graphics are, are, are really awesome. It just, the game looks fantastic. There are plenty of things like visually that are just really, really, really done well in this game, but I don't care for the game at all itself. I, I feel like the first one, they, they tried to be quite ambitious in all seriousness. I think they, there were certain things that they tried. They, I think they tried too many things because there was the gummy spaceship. There was all the mini games you could do. <laughs> there were all these different worlds you could interact with. Plus there was like the arena tournament stuff. There was a lot you could do in the second and the beyond ones minus the, the game boy ones. It felt like they have now found their form and just kind of copy pasted it. And I've heard from, from people who are big in JRPGs that the most recent ones are just a cringe fest because one of them has like Pirates of the Caribbean in it, which is really awkward. I actually thought that looked kind of cool. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, you go from Kingdom Hearts to a realistic looking Sora, Donald and Goofy. And it's, and then you hear Donald and Goofy's dialogue in the Pirates of the Caribbean world. And you're like, what are you doing? What? Please stop. I'm uncomfortable. I kind of like that. Anyway, just from seeing that in the trailers. Seeing it and hearing it are two different things, though, because when you're having Johnny Depp, or I don't even know if it's Johnny Depp, throw out these pirate lines, then you hear Goofy and Donald talk about your horror. Yeah, that's when it gets a little <laughs> that bit sounds, uncomfortable. That sounds so awesome to me, though. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, maybe you are a Kingdom Hearts fan. Maybe so. I, I mean, maybe. honestly, I, I think I really would have been if just the game wasn't so fucking bad. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I remember I originally told you you're crazy, but... You were dead accurate. That game is absolute dog do on a stick. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yep. Uh, my number two. Is this my number two? Yeah, you went yep. first. Number two. My last one that is a... Well, I guess the other one's a series too, but you get the idea. Anyways, uh, this is Chrono Cross. So Chrono Cross, obviously the oh, right. uh, follow-up to Chrono Trigger, sort of. Um, just has the same name. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's a JRPG. Uh, Chrono Cross was a very, very highly anticipated game. I love the box art. I love the intro. The music's fantastic. The gameplay's pretty all right. Like the actual out of world stuff you can interact with is pretty cool. The leveling system's interesting. The element system draws your attention. It's not fully well developed, but still kind of interesting. And then you get to the story and you're like, holy shit, what is this? It is a heaping pile. And it, it's really unfortunate because this game had a lot of promise. And I was expecting great things out of this game. And I got. The first time I played it, I freaking just bit my tongue and tried to get as far into this game as possible, hoping that I would get some sort of, <laughs> you know, at a certain point, you're like, okay, I'm here. Like, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. 
story is very convoluted. There's a lot of characters, a lot of side characters. They try to do this thing where there's a lot of characters in this one. So you have to find some of them and some of them, you have to do all these little side quests to get them. And it just gets a little weird. And it, it gets, you get, it's quantity over quality is what ends up happening. You don't get good character development. You don't get attached to any specific characters. You just have a bunch of people and you're like, oh yeah, that dude. Yeah, that, that dude too. I remember that guy. Yep, that guy's cool. I, I went to high school guy. with him. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate because this game, I think if somebody recreated it today, it would, they, they could do a pretty damn good job if they just put a basic storyline going through. And the story itself is unfortunately pretty damn bad. So, oh, yeah. Planning's fun. Music's great. Visually, very appealing. Intro is gripping. And then you get the actual game and you're like, okay, I'm going to return yeah. this one. All right. Uh, number one is uh, n- nothing nearly as, as exciting to hear as Kingdom Hearts. Um, but uh, I want to steal my, that. But. For number one, I'm going to go with Pizza Tycoon. Oh man, this is funny. Okay, this, I played this for the podcast, and uh, if you remember, and I just the game just had a lot of stuff that was really wrong with it. It just gameplay wise, it was uh, a bit of a mess, <laughs> in my opinion. There are plenty of people who do like the game, but um, the uh, but it sounds like it sounds super. So cool though, doesn't it? Like having a basically a simulator, like a like a tycoon game based on running a pizza restaurant, right? Yeah. And then I eventually, love the idea of this. yeah, and and and, a, and eventually, you know, suppose you theoretically you would get a chain of pizza restaurants that, that you're mm-hmm. that you're that you're running. You're an entrepreneur. Then, you're an entrepreneur. You're doing pizza restaurants. You have to come up with the pizza recipes. You have to like kind of design your restaurant, and then you've got a. Uh, uh, the little like the, the like the mafia elements where you can call the mafia and have them like sabotage your competitors and, and, and do all oh, that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. It's got really cool stuff. Uh, just the game was again, in my opinion, executed very, very poorly. Good concept, bad execution. Yeah, exactly. This, and this was, I, this, I put this at number one because I feel like this is one of the ones that would have like the strongest, um, like if this was a good game, it would be super, super awesome. Hmm. You think with a second try, this one would, would have a higher chance than the rest of them? Like. Uh, yeah, I think that's good, probably a pretty good way of putting it. Okay. Uh, my number one is also a tycoon game. This is Roller Coaster Tycoon. So, big surprise. You know, obviously, I talked very positively about Roller Coaster Tycoon, played a bunch of them for the podcast, enjoyed it immensely, thought they were super cool. Um, but one of the things I ran into is I started to get kind of bored. The game is hmm. missing one element. So, Kingdom Hearts, oh, I said Kingdom Hearts. Rollercoaster Tycoon is a fantastic series. I love the concept of owning a roller coaster park. I love all the elements that there are, you know, from having staff to make sure your rides are up to date and that your your uh, roadways are clear to, to designing the actual elevation of all the different areas of your park and connecting all the roads. Great. There's just one sort of difficult element missing. I, I think either something to do with interest on your loan, just something that is another mechanic that, that challenges you. And I think the game is missing it because... For me, what ended up happening is I under I started to understand how to not gimmick the AI, but understand what the AI is looking for too well. So when I'd start a level, I knew exactly what sort of stuff they wanted, and I knew that I knew what I needed to keep it condensed. And I couldn't. I, essentially, if you had a big ass park at the beginning, you don't want to have your roadways covering the entire park at the beginning. You want to have it focused in one area, and you want to expand outward to ensure that you have enough stuff throughout your park. Because otherwise, people end up just walking around your park in laps, and they get stuck, and they get pissed off, and it lowers your rating, which lowers your money, and blah, 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 blah. 
But if you keep them condensed in an area and you keep listening to what they want from bathrooms to stalls to different types of rides, from water rides to exciting roller coasters, this stuff's very fun. But it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I know exactly what they're doing. Boom, boom, boom. And then you're just sitting there and you're just waiting to win. And it's like, I really wish there was another challenging element to it. Maybe something regarding, you know, money's a little bit tighter. Um, I don't know, just something, some key element to, to challenge you, to make it a little bit harder. And I think that Roller Coaster Tycoon would be a very challenging and, and exciting game. Uh, I think it would be, it would, it would sort of, eh, I'm trying to think out how to word it, but I, th- I think the challenge would really entice more people with it. I didn't get bored of it, like, you like you did like you say you did but i um but i do think that it would have benefited from being just a uh, just a straight up like sim city like here you go have a blast see how cool you can make your park as opposed to here are your goals i like the structure of the levels i wouldn't mind if it was a little bit more freeform and maybe if the goal maybe if the goals were more difficult see that would actually be very exciting imagine if the goals went from having you know 600 people in your park to 2000 it's like whoa i only have so much you know square space and what i'd love is if they gave you the opportunity to buy more land because land was very expensive in that game so essentially the levels would be more challenging because you would essentially start with this small area keep it condensed make a bunch of money start expanding outward maximize your park and then you start buying land and expanding further and you would have these wonderful massive parks and i think by doing that it would also allow them to make it so your goals weren't like two years three years they could do like six seven eight years so that you're focused on one level longer and get more out of it as opposed to doing the same you know the same stuff like starcraft like an rts building your your infrastructure getting your mining going every single time that's kind of what you're doing right you're you're setting up your macro so that you can ultimately win the level i, I wish that they would accelerate the beginning steps a little bit and maybe focus a little bit more on the end game of it and allow you to develop your park further uh, as it goes on, I guess. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. So get on it. Sorry. Oh, you want me to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, awesome list at all, as always, I, I think. Yeah, our I like ne- it. Our next top five is going to be games you would have liked, uh, classic games that you would have liked collector's editions for. And what would come in the box? What kind yeah, like of like one. toy would it come with, or kind of special thing would it come with? Key fobs, pens, key fobs, stickers, tchotchkes. posters, uh, coffee mugs, pogs, pogs. Yeah, you know what I want? I want a Battletoad slammer. That's what oh I want. shit! I'd be I, all about that. I didn't. That's what you know. I, that's one of those things I didn't think I I I wanted that until I knew it existed. Until I heard the idea of it. Hit me up at pogs at j.com. <laughs> I'll get you covered. Pogs.j. Yep. All right. So that's our list. Games you would have liked a collector's edition for and what would come in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Time for emails. <laughs> All right, uh, we only have two this time. How dare you? I'll give you the long one. How about that? I'm used to that. (laughs) Don't quite know how to take that. Again. Uh, (laughs) Holy shit. I would say you're making it too easy, but then we'd be three for three. (laughs) All right. 
I got I, the Google Doc open, you goof. I'm just going to read. I'm going to go first because the f- okay. first one is the shorter one. Uh, this is from Chase the Night Cleaner. Hi, Chase. He says, hello again, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here doing one of those, uh, one of these infamous last minute emails. So I'm actually a few episodes behind right now and plan to catch up soon. Until then, I hope you enjoy the new Sonic movie trailer. Oh, no. Jim Carrey as Robotnik did not. I did not see that coming. Now for question of the day. What is one video game mascot you dislike? Like you cannot stand them. Ooh. Mascot. Honestly, my, cool. my go-to would be Sonic, but uh, I, I assume he's. You don't like Sonic? No. Wait, you? I mean, outside of this movie, you don't like Sonic? Not really. No. Oh, I didn't know that. But you dislike him, or do you just kind of have no? You're kind of just don't. I kind of don't like him, but I don't. I don't. Interesting. What I don't have. A, I don't have a strong hatred for him or anything. Okay, I mean, that's what I was asking. Okay. No, I. I just like uh, he's kind of lame. Uh. But besides Sonic. Jeez, I'm trying to. I mean, the only, like mascots. I think I the only like the only ones coming to mind are ones that I do like, like a lot of the N- Nintendo ones. Um, Bubsy, I didn't care for, so maybe him. I'm what trying to think, think who I really just um, didn't like. I, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of a mascot that was really popular that I just dislike. I've calmed down a lot in the last couple of years with like strongly disliking things. So it's. <laughs> Trying to trying to be more opinionated here. I'm trying to think of what I really didn't like that was really popular. I didn't mind Banjo Kazooie. Obviously, love me some Super Mario. Well, here's a. I just found. I literally found a Wikipedia page list of video game mascots. Oh, perfect. Can you link that to me? Yeah. Thank you. This will help me. I'm sure there's. I'm sure I'm gonna see one. And be like, oh yeah, fuck that guy. Oh, Artie Lightfoot. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? He's some. There's a super. He's some Super Nintendo game character apparently. Uh. God, there's too. Oh, no, there's not too much on here. Um, hmm. I'm just gonna scan through this real quick. I'm not a heat. Well, no, I take it back. Yoshi's fine. Yeah, Yoshi's fine. I don't dislike Yoshi. Um, I mean, honestly, I'd probably just have to stick with. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not really coming up with one that I really dislike that much. I'm sure I'll think of one later and I'll yell it randomly. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean. Even like the predictable one people would think of for me would be the uh, Snake from Metal Gear, but I don't dislike Snake. I, I think I've seen some pretty funny scenes from the games, and I think the gameplay is pretty funny. It's just not yeah. for me. I don't necessarily hate it. So I, I don't really have an answer to this. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. want to mean to cop out, but I really do. I don't want to like talk shit on something I really don't dislike. Yeah, so, I kind of feel the same way. Sorry, Chase. Uh, what else does he say? I've never sack really. Boy. Sack, sack boy. boy. Oh, that's oh, from yeah, yeah. He says I've <laughs> I've never really been a big Spyro fan, though I did enjoy Skylanders a bit. Yeah, I never I played Spyro. Spyro. I never played Spyro. I will say the puns get old in that game, and that kind of makes me cringe at times for puns. sure. There's a lot of characters like that. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed playing the uh, Spyro series recently. Um, and that is it for me this time, gentlemen. Thanks as always for all that you do, and talk again soon. Cheers, Chase the Night Cleaner. I like it. Thanks, Chase. Thank you, sir. Uh, Jay, you get this one right here from Jeff. Subject line is megaphone equals mega cool? Question mark. Interesting. We talking about Kate Seth here? Uh, I'm kidding. Probably. I don't know. He uses a megaphone as a weapon. Yeah, you, I think you mentioned him last time, which is why I think that's probably uh, what he's referring to. But we'll, well, let's, let's find out. 
I'm sorry, who, who wrote this? Okay. Oh, Jeff. I see. Uh, Jeff says, first off, thanks for delaying the podcast so I could get an email in. Second, oh, screw, yeah, both for for you. <laughs> screw you both for shitting all over my dreams of playing center in the NBA just because I happen to be a little bit undersized. Isaiah Thomas nearly won the MVP a few years ago at five foot eight inches. <laughs> I mean, sure, he was a point guard, but whatever. Oh, well, wait, I'm 36. Wait, a few years ago. Wasn't that like 30 years ago? I, I think that's part of the joke. Okay. Because uh, he said, uh, I mean, sure, he was a good point guard, but whatever. He says, oh, well, I'm 36 and didn't even play high school basketball, let alone college. So I guess it wasn't going to happen anyway. Did you ever play basketball or like like I was fun? Terrible. or? I did. I played a lot of um, horse, but I never played actual basketball. Okay. I, pl- I used to play quite a bit. I was never um, – like when it came time for – like when I got to high school yeah. and you actually have to try out you know, to be on the team, I never – like I tried out the first couple of years and never made it, but uh, I did play quite a bit before that. Like any time we were at a friend's house, like that was what we did basically. We I, play, play I played street hockey. Street hockey. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he goes on to say, "I really should be spending this time preparing for something I have coming up Friday, Friday night." But the people who are counting on me are dicks, anyways. So I, I can compose this email instead. <laughs> Love the priorities. A couple of episodes ago, Jay mentioned not being able to get into Tactics Ogre, which was funny because I had a note to recommend it to him. The PSP version is much better if that makes a difference because they made the difficulty not scale not scale based on level and tweak some of the other stuff to improve the gameplay experience. That's crazy. They actually did an improved version of Tactics as well. So I'm actually t- check that out at some point. I know I should like it. Everybody tells me that. So. Hmm. Uh, moving on, Jeff says, it was interesting to hear you guys talk about Warcraft 1 and how simplistic it was because I played it when it came out and I remember being blown away by how complicated it was compared to a lot of games I played. Yeah, actually, Blizzard was pre- heavily praised for this at the time. Um, let's see. I also the complexity remember what, of the game? Yeah, like for, for at the time, it was just like blowing people away. And then 2 <laughs> came out and it was like, what? Um Jeff goes on to say, I also remember when Warcraft 2 came out, that fog of war really bugged me. I thought, if I already took the trouble to scout the area, why would you hide what's going on there for me? I'm not really... <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me, because I, I just think, like, if you don't have a unit there, they're not constantly scouting it. So I, 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 think, get it, I think it makes sense to him, too, but he's just saying, like, at the time, you know, yeah. before... I, 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 can, I can see that. Like, oh, I, I scouted this, and now I don't get to see it anymore? That sucks. I, I can understand that at the time, yeah. I goes on to say, I'm not really into RTS, but I did love those games. Warcraft 2 was the perfect difficulty for me. After that, RTS was too involved for me, and I dumped the whole game, which is too bad because I did like the additions of the Heroes in Warcraft 3. Oh, man, give it a, give Warcraft 3 another try. Reign of Chaos and Frozen Throne are both amazing games. If you just play for the story, play on the easy mode, just sit back and just watch. It's such a great game, such an enjoyable experience, such a variety of levels. Check it out. Uh, Jeff goes on to say, another topic I've been meaning to bring up and get your thoughts on is the idea of people retconning opinions. It can be small things that once figured, it can be small things that once figured out, everyone says were obvious all along. E.g. Alucard backwards is Dracula, or which Mega Man weapon beats which other robot master. I think this happens a ton with RPGs. Everyone says how easy Final Fantasy VII is, but the first time I played it, I didn't use the enemy skill material at all. Without Big Guard or White Wind, which are very, very powerful abilities, Robert, it's a bit tougher. Okay. Uh, it is also hard to beat enemies like Materia Keeper or Demon Wall in Final Fantasy IV when you don't know about their respective immunities or tricks. Not to mention the fact that how many people couldn't even figure out how, to, how Chocobo breeding or did the races work enough to get the OP material like Knights of the Round without help from the Googles. 
Sorry, I'm so Final Fantasy VII heavy on examples, but it's on my mind because of Jay talking about it lately, and I think it gets unfairly maligned for being easy by people who have played it a dozen times and used FAQs to uncover uh, jobs, gobs of tips slash secrets. That and any RPG is easy enough if you grind. This is too long. I'm done. You guys are great. <laughs> um, so there's a little bit more to go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this a little bit. So yeah, I actually I actually agree with you. I think for me, I, I know Final Fantasy VII is a lot easier now because I have so much experience playing RPGs, and there's a lot of tropes that happen in these games, even from a gameplay perspective. There are certain things that you'll learn from playing different Final, different RPGs that you can apply to different ones, right? So it, it does make it easier. You understand the pacing. You understand exactly what you said about grinding. I think grinding is absolutely critical. If you ever get stuck, you just grind your way through it. And what's what's funny is some of the more difficult bosses in Final Fantasy VII, Materia Keeper. Uh, Demon Walls, both examples from Seven. I blew through them without even trying because I knew some little cheap ways to do it. Um, I am using enemy skill just because I'm not playing the game to be a challenge. I'm just playing it to re-experience it and do some other things. But I know exactly what you mean, and it is it is funny to me when people are like, "Oh yeah, Final Fantasy Seven is so easy." It is it is difficult at times. It has its moments, but it's also very difficult just to figure out where to go at certain points or what exactly you need to do to progress. <laughs> so I get your point. Uh, Jeffrey goes on to say, oh, wait, one more thing. Last episode, Jay said, Kate Sith is super cool. He has a megaphone. As far as I know, everyone hates Kate Sith, but putting that aside, since when does a megaphone make someone cool? Please explain yourself, Jaybert. Have you ever heard the attack animation noise of Kate Sith hitting something? That's all I need to say. That sound alone, especially the critical noise, I'm sold. But Kate Sith is kind of a douche. It's funny that he's a megaphone because it's like a robot cat on this big stuffed stuffed animal with a megaphone. Like I said, those yeah. three three things together, <laughs> and I'm intrigued. Yeah, I love the attack animation noise. Though. It makes me laugh. That's it. Sweet. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that's, all the uh, thoughts. Yeah, that's it for emails. Send us oh. your email mail at classicgamingpodcast dot com about whatever you want. If you want to tell us your top five again, that is uh, collectors' editions that you would have liked that you would have liked to have for classic games, and what would come in the box. What's in the box? Current gaming subcast. You got anything? I want you to go first because I'm going to go for a while. So. Oh wow. Okay. Um. Uh. I've got a. I've got a short one. I've been playing. Actually, you know, I've got two that I'll talk quickly about. Uh, oh. The new Paradox Grand Strategy game just came out, and I was super pumped about it. It is uh, Imperator Rome. So uh, Paradox is the studio that makes that, or that made, or then or I guess still still releases DLC for Europa Universe Atlas Four, Crusader Kings Two, some of my favorite games of all time. Uh, also Stellaris, which I really like, and Hearts of Iron Four, which I'm giving another shot right now. So they uh, they just came out with Imperator Rome, which is kind of uh, kind of it's it's along the same lines. It's kind of a uh, Gameplay-wise, it's sort of a cross between Europa Universalis and Crusader Kings, where it's you are controlling your whole nation, excuse me, nation essentially, but it's also a little bit more personal focus, fo- focus on kind of individual people, just like a Crusader Kings is. And of course, it's it's based on like the uh, it takes place in like the days of of ancient Rome. Okay. Uh, and I played a f- about four hours of it, and I and I just didn't have any fun with it unfortunately wow uh and one thing that is very very common with paradox grand strategy games is that they come out they release a game and it's just not great when it comes out but over the following years they they 
do update after update after update. They also uh, do a lot of like uh, like DLC updates um, and eventually turn it into a really good game. And everybody's expecting that that's what's going to happen here. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I, I assume that probably is what's going to happen. But right now in its current state, I'm, I just don't have any, I, I just couldn't have any fun with this game. It feels like, so all, all of their games are, all of their grand strategy games are very, very, they have a whole lot of depth to them. Typically, mm-hmm. they have a lot of depth and a lot of breadth. They're just big games in every way. Uh, it takes a very long time to learn all of the systems. Uh, and then, once you, typically, once you learn them, and it's kind of like, oh, now now it's kind of like okay now this it, this isn't really too bad you just kind of have to you know get a hang of it and then and then you can play without any problem but the joke is that like the first 300 hours is you just learning the game and then from then on that is you playing the game uh because people log hundreds and thousands of hours in these games just because oh. they love them so much um this game feels to me like it has tons of breadth and almost no depth whatsoever or or that's probably not fair. Very little depth. I felt like uh, there are a whole lot of things to do, but there's no depth to those things. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, there are... So, so you accrue... So so every... Again, all of their games, typically, you accrue some sort of... Or not, not all of them, but a lot of them. You accrue, uh, like, certain types of points, like diplomatic points or... Uh, Sometimes it's in, in Crusader Kings. It's uh, I think it's called uh, Renown or Prestige. I can't even remember. But it's one of those. It's basically kind of like how famous you are and how and how and how popular you are and how much people like you. Not even not quite how much people like you, but more or less how famous you are. And you can kind of use your fame points on stuff. In Europa Universal, uh, Europa Universalis, you get diplomatic points as well as uh, several others. And you can use those diplomatic points to you can spend them to do certain things. And and there's, again, there's typically, like, various types of point systems in each one. Like, each one might have, like, four or five different point systems, and you can spend them on different things. This this game feel, this game ha- does the same thing. You get, like, oratory points, which is like, okay, now you're, you can kind of convince your people that this is the right thing to do. But this one felt like, okay, I have enough oratory points to do something. Now I have to look through a hundred different menus and figure out what I want to spend those points on. And the stuff that you spend the point these these types of points on are not very interesting. It's it's all like very strictly, okay, you get a five percent raise in this, or like you get a ten percent raise in that, or this this can ha- you gain population 05 percent faster. It's like nothing really interesting besides just like oh, I'm raising a number a little bit here and there. So right now in its current state, I. Unfortunately, can't really recommend Imperial Rome. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if a year or two from now, uh, it was absolutely worth buying. Uh, there's no doubt that they'll be constantly working on it and constantly updating it because they are still constantly updating oh, Europa cool. Universalis and Crusader Kings and Stellaris. And those games are... Uh, Stellaris isn't that old. It's uh, three or four years old. But Europa Universalis and Crusader Kings are both fairly old. And uh, they're, they're constantly still doing stuff for those. So, um, yes, probably it'll be it'll eventually be play uh, be, be be better, but it's just not great right now. The other <laughs> one I'll go real quick is Baba is You. You have, have you heard of this for for the Switch? No. <laughs> it's a really awesome game. 
I've kind of gotten to a stopping point where it's just kind of like, it's it's not that it's too hard. Uh, it's it's that I've gotten to a point where I don't feel like putting in the effort to uh, to figure out some of the puzzles anymore. I've gotten past like kind of like where it's gotten fun to figure out the puzzles, and now it just sure. gets frustrating to figure them out. But uh, I, I don't mean that as a criticism because the game is super fun. I think I just sort of hit my own personal limit with it. Um, gosh, I said I was going to make this quick, but this is probably going to be long. Uh, okay, so here's the here's the premise. It's a uh, it's basically a tile-based game. You're moving a character around in a top-down view. Uh, every level is like a puzzle, and it's one screen. And um, there will be words somewhere on the tile. And it, typically, there will be one word that says Baba, and then there's a verb next to it that says Is, and then there's another word. There's essentially an object on the other side of the verb You. So Baba is You. You're this little dog and you're and you control Baba. You're walking around. And then it might say somewhere else, flag is win. So if you move your character to the flag, then you win that level. And then the level's over and you go on to the next one. And then the next one might say, uh, Baba is you, flag is win, um, rock is push. And that means you can push a rock. So there if there's rocks uh, blocking you to get to the flag, then you can push them out of the way, and then you can get to the flag. But Here's the thing. You can also push the words themselves around. So uh, there's so maybe it'll say Baba is you flag is somewhere else. It says flag is win. Then somewhere else it says um, wall is stop. And it means that if you get to wall, you can't go past it. Well, if you push is out of the way or any of the words in wall is stop out of the way. Um, to where like it doesn't form that sentence anymore. Like if you just kind of move one, shift one of the words one tile over to where there's there's basically no sentence there, then mm-hmm. walls no longer are stopped. They don't stop you anymore. So you just walk through the walls to get to the flag. Uh, and then they take this idea and they just go off the fucking chain with it and do all these crazy things where it's like sometimes you'll be it, sometimes it'll turn into wall is you and you're controlling every single wall on the screen uh, trying to like move the wall to the flag and then you win. Sometimes you are uh, moving words around and trying to put them in different order to where it's like they're crossing over each other and like the sentences are going like up and down and left and right over each other to form two different sentences at once. Basically sometimes you're switching things to where it's like, Baba and rock is you. So you control uh, the dog and the rock at the same time. Uh, I I can't even explain how crazy this game gets with, with all the things that they do with this fairly simple premise premise, but basically it's all based on the rules are written there for you. And you have to change the rules of the game while you're playing it to try to win each level. And it gets fucking crazy. It is, it gets really insane, really, really difficult and uh, it's it's really a kind of an in, ingenious idea for a puzzle game. I, I really highly recommend it. Cool. Anyone else? Or any uh, no, I Anyone think else? that's it. Hey everyone! For some reason, uh, somehow we lost the very end of this recording. So, uh, but that was pretty much it for the episode. As always, make sure you follow us at Class Gamescast. I'm at King Octavius. Quick reminder that the uh, the game of the quarter which we'll be covering in June, is Diablo 1, which you, which you can get on GOG. So uh, go grab that if you want to uh, play it and send in your thoughts for the episode that we talk about that game. 
mail us, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. And I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening. And we will be back uh, this time in about one week. <laughs>